It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on in to The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk today about what to do if you feel like your child is being bullied at school. Now, we use this word bullied a lot. You hear it a lot. We talk about it a lot in terms of bullying not being okay ever. And I'm going to take a hard line on that, that I don't think bullying is okay ever. (laughs) But I want to give you some strategies today for what you can do with your kids if you're being bullied or if your child is being bullied, rather. And so I brought in someone today to help me with this, Gaina Lynn Condi, an author, a public speaker, also has two teenage children, <laughs> or sorry, a teenager and, and a, a 20-something. Adult. Yeah, a baby adult. <laughs> That's what I call him. I 22 that. is baby adult. I love that, a baby <laughs> adult. So she's been through this. I have children who are one and five, but my five-year-old is going to kindergarten in the fall. So this is starting to get on my radar a little bit. Yeah, we're going to cover all the age groups Yeah, today. about what happens when I send her to school and she starts to get picked on. I uh, I mean, is it inevitable that it's going to happen at some point to almost every kid? I, I think it really is because think about it as an adult. Is there an adult you've met that can't share with you an experience where they felt left out right. or hurt right. by actions or words of others? Right. That's everybody on the planet. That's life, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I'm not I'm not saying that in the tone of this is one of the things that we can maybe touch on. My son was involved in a situation where there was some significant bullying. And when when it got to the point where we as parents went to the other parents, the other parents treat it as boys will be boys. Sure. So I'm not saying that. Right, I'm not right, right, saying, right. oh, it right. happens to everyone. I don't think you and I are saying that at all. But it is a human experience yes. that we all share. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. And that's I kind of want to like start up front with all of these disclaimers. Like, I'm listen, I'm not saying that bullying is ever okay, but I also believe that we're in control of what we make situations mean. Right. And I want to teach that to my child. Right. And again, I'm not saying that bullying is ever okay, but I want to teach my child shame resilience, right? And resiliency training for all of us because the arenas, as Brene calls them, keep getting bigger, right? So for a kindergartner, I think it's important as adults that we realize your daughter, the biggest arena she's going to step into in the fall is the kindergarten room. Right. Right. And for us, we've, we've already done that one. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing workplace arenas. We're doing, um, expanding family arenas. We're doing health scare arenas. Right. So I think it's important to realize that age appropriate, but you can, you can easily name probably a list of people that are quote unquote adults <laughs> that haven't learned this. Right. They're, they're still not resiliently trained for what vulnerabilities they're facing. And so this is what I call the curriculum of life. And the curriculum of life is specifically, and I believe in my faith belief, personally designed for my 
ultimate happiness, which hurts sometimes. I love that. Okay, we're talking with Gaina Lynn Condi. She's an author and public speaker. Gaina Lynn, let's start by defining what it means to be bullied. Okay, jump into it. Okay, well, Google can tell me the, de- <laughs> the definition. Which is great because my teenage daughter still double checks everything I say to Google. Right, the right. other day I was like, I'm offended. You know, I'm smart. She's like, oh, Google said the same thing as you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to start all church talks with yeah. uh, <laughs> the Webster Merriam definition of bully right. is, Which is? Uh, to seek harm, intimidate or coerce someone perceived as vulnerable. I think that's a really good definition. Right. It's expansive enough to include the idea that for some people that may feel or kids, like for this conversation, may feel powerless in a situation that we as an adult would be like, wait, what? That's not. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. But it would also translate to maybe a workplace situation for adults where someone is in of authority or perceived authority, right? Right. And, and, and it can get sticky. It's not even so much that the person being bullied feels vulnerable. It's that they're perceived as vulnerable. Right. Right. And again, kids don't have language for this. They're just kind of operating right. in like, this kid's different than me, so I'm going to pick on him kind of thing. Right. Um, but I think that definition to seek to harm, that's the broadest part of that entire definition, because to seek to harm could mean a lot of things. Right. Obviously, if there's physical bullying happening, physical harm happening, I'm going to put a stop to that 100 percent hands down right. at the exact moment I can do that. Um, but sometimes the emotional harm is, is worse, pain, more painful. Yeah. And I would even add to that, not to offend Miriam or Webster, <laughs> <laughs> if they're the same person, I'm I don't not, know, I don't two know. different people, like, probably. um, that a pattern has a pattern been established? Because there's a, I think there's a difference even um, between driving down the freeway and having someone swerve in front of me and flip me off and cuss at me through their window, mm-hmm. which feels very much like a bully. Right, right. Versus every day at eight o'clock on the dot, the same place on the freeway, that person's waiting to do that over and over again. Right. So one is not a good situation, not happy. I'm going to have to process those feelings versus if something has become a pattern for your child or a habit for the other, for the bully. Right. Then that is even, I think, a, an important word to put on it when you're talking to your kids. Yeah. So like, an important distinction. Has this happened once right. or have we seen a pattern? Right. Has it happened more than once? Right. Not to say that once is okay. Right. But that's a different intervention. And because it, it can be hard to know like, okay, yeah, was this just a one-off you, situation or is this a constant thing that's happening? Do I need to intervene more than just talking with my child? And all of those lines can kind of get blurry. And I think we, if we're having this conversation today, which is why we're choosing to have it, is because it affects all of us. We've already established that, that there are graduating levels of intervention and support as parents we can give. And I think that's important to know as parents that we are empowered to empower. We are empowered to you know, I, I think I've talked on this show that 
the year before my son came home from the two years he lived in Africa, I was already panicked the year before of what our relationship was going to look like. What did support look like versus what did enabling look like for a baby adult? And I had a wise friend who is a therapist as well say, you get to sit down every every semester if you want and reevaluate the support you're giving. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the five-year plan mapped out. And I think the same for intervention or support to your kid around a touchy situation situation, an emotional situation versus a bullying situation, don't go to level 10. You know, you may have steps level one through five that look very different than five through 10 and giving space for that and permission for that for both your child and yourself, I think keeps us in a productive problem solving mindset versus a panic victim mindset. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I want to give one tip for parents before we take a break. And we're going to continue these tips throughout this episode today. So um, I think the number one thing for parents to know if their child is being bullied is that you said this to me off air, but I'm going to steal it. Okay, people who hurt are hurt. Yes, hurt people hurt people. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think helping your child and yourself as an adult realize that because People treat you the way they feel about themselves. Exactly. End of story, period, exclamation point. Yep. When I'm in a super great headspace, I am an awesome mom. Right. right. (laughs) When I am sleep deprived, sorry, I have braces and and I'm learning. You sound great. (laughs) Stop it. But my brain and my lips don't move at the same rate right now. Um, But if I'm not in that space and I'm in some vulnerability and pain, I parent from that place. Yes. That's... That's a place that as a parent, you can empathize. It's not to dismiss the hurting that has happened or the bad behavior of another individual. Because I think boundaries are loving. And when we don't enable our kids to see that, no, that kid in class crossed a line and I don't like how that made me feel, we are saying for sure give voice to that. Right. But frame it in, um, oh, oh my, that kid was something bad must be happening in his life right. that he even knows how to act like that. Right. I think when you understand the concept that we are, as human beings, operating from emotion, we mm. may think we're operating from circumstance or thought, but we're operating from emotion. We're operating from the way that we feel. And if if someone is treating your kid bad, it's because of the way they feel about themselves. And when you understand that, it allows you to take action as the parent from compassion, Yes, I think, more so than injustice. Anger. Yes, and anger. And, and victim. And victim, and this is being done to me. Again, that is not to say that bullying is okay and that the way your child is being, being treated is okay. It's just to say that... If you know that, what do you want to do with that information? It's resiliency training. It's yeah. reframing and checking the facts. That's right. a skill that we are going to use the rest of our lives in every situation, especially interpersonal ones. So when we say to our kid, check the facts on this, one of the facts is what happened to you is not okay. But number two, let's reframe it. What is the bully experiencing? Mm. Because usually bullies have been bullied Mm -hmm. and they're offloading those emotions that they haven't processed. And that doesn't mean it's okay. But once again, that empowers your child to see the lens that they're looking through versus I'm a victim. I have no power and the world is against me. Yeah. Maybe what's working against you is someone that's hurt. I love that. Ganalyn Conde, author, public speaker. We're talking about what to do if your child is being bullied. 
Hopefully we whet your appetite with one little tip there. We'll have some more when we come back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us, talking today about some solutions and tips for mothers, because this is The Mom Show, but it can apply to dads as well. I hear from dads every time I'm on. Hey, I heard you on The Mom Show. Oh, really? Yay! (gasps) Thanks for (laughs) listening, dads. dads. (laughs) I give men a hard time on this show, so I'm glad they listen. No, I think they're trying to get the secret insight. The secret (laughs) is... Is to the no- mama's heart and mind. Right? Yeah, the secret is notice her emotional labor. Yes. Yeah, that's the secret. Yeah, don't. validate her for the things, Please do the not work, fix it. the work that she's doing that nobody else sees. Yep, validate her for that. Yep. See her for that, and you will have a happy wife. Yep, that's it. Don't try to. fix She doesn't it. even need you to do it. She just, just needs you to see it. And that's exactly what we're what we want to offer for the bullying solution. Right. That's tip number two. Exactly. Okay. okay. We're talking about bullying today. That's Gainalyn Condi. She's an author and public speaker. Joining me today, um, want to offer some solutions to parents about what to do if your kid is being bullied. Now, all of this, these tips today are coming from me, a human being with no expertise <laughs> in this arena, Full other disclosure. than other than my view on human beings as emotional creatures, right? And and I feel like this is a concept that people don't often get is that we're operating from emotion. And when you understand that, you can then kind of look at other people and be like, oh, no wonder they treated me that way because they're feeling this way, right? right. You can sort of understand. Now, again, that doesn't make behaviors okay because I can be angry and not hit someone. Right. Right. Yeah. We said that in the last segment. Hurt yeah. People hurt people. And when you find out later on as an adult what that mean kid at school was dealing with, because all of a sudden you read in the newspaper what home life was because they've made the headlines. You think, oh, gosh, if I had known that at age 10, fifth grade would have been way easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but it's not to say that this is this is. Like any of the topics that I seem to message around, they're all complex, right? right? So there's varying degrees. I talk about suicide and depression. It's complex. There's not some simple answer. Bullying is complex. Mm-hmm. For your listeners, there may be some real chronic bullying going on and um, the the toll that takes on a and an emotional and physical well-being of a yeah. child is is no laughing matter. And I can only imagine if this is happening and a mother's listening, like, what do you want me to do? Just teach my kid just to love them anyways? Yeah, like, right. that doesn't feel like a great solution right. to me because my kid is being hurt at school yeah. emotionally. And again, I put, a, I put a hard no on anything physical, right? <laughs> right? Hard sure. pass, go to the teacher, like, but that's sometimes, it. sometimes, especially with cyberbullying right now for mm-hmm. teenagers, to be a teenager right now with social media, with TikTok and Snapchat and all of that, it's insane what our kids, if they're carrying a cell phone, what they're being exposed to. Mm -hmm. And this is uncharted territory. So I would say second tip, first and foremost, is as parents, we are going to have to be willing to sit in the pain our children are experiencing. Right? We do not want our kids to hurt. No. Like so much so that we preempt the hurt by going to the teacher or going to the school district. And again, I am not saying that that's not an appropriate response in some cases, but is it the first response? No. 
I think maybe I think the first response is one I'm always working on. And and that is I want my spouse, my husband to sit with me in my pain. Yeah, I want him to see me and not fix it like you were just mentioning. Right. But when my kids come to me, I think we are wired by nature versus nurture here. Nature to be mama bear and to keep our our cubs alive. Yeah. So of course you're going to want to respond that way. And of course you're just going to want to fix it. But But my kids have given me feedback because they're older now. Yeah. Which by the way, that's a fun thing. Mm. As your kid becomes a baby adult and they (laughs) reflect back what they remember of certain experiences. And you're like, wait, that's how you saw that? We just had this conversation over the holidays with our two kids. I have a daughter that just turned 16 who is now driving. Talk about vulnerability. And a 22-year-old son. And we sat as a family um, the beginning of Christmas break and had a conversation where they they both were able to see some awarenesses that they didn't see before. And I was able to say, you know, it was hard to see you in pain and struggle there. Mm -hmm. And I brought my pain from my childhood to that situation, right? right? So I think sometimes when your kid comes home and they've been hurt, whether it's a chronic bullying issue or a first-time offense, are you willing to just sit in the pain with them. And give me an example, Galen, of what this looked like when your kids were teenagers, because I haven't had to really do this yet with my well, five-year-old who's yeah. going to kindergarten this fall. I'm terrified for the first time <laughs> that so it happens. Home, yeah. yeah. And 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 I think in a five-year-old, you'll start to see it show up as, I don't want to go to school today. Yep. I have a stomachache. Yep. I'm waking up at night. Yep. You know, just and starting to see behaviors drop off. Those are the good signals of it. Yeah. That you may have a child. Like, I have two children that communicate in very different ways. They're a boy and a girl, first of all. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they have different communication styles. One of my children, I think we almost have a second language. My other child, we're developing one. Mm-hmm. And so one of my children will give me feedback in a very loving way and say, Mom, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear me. Mm. So I would say first and foremost, your child comes home crying, whether it's a teenager or a grade school level, are you willing to just sit and say, that's hard? You know, Uh, this is where we practice empathy versus sympathy. And empathy is, can you pull in your gut a time where you felt that same way? And sometimes we have to go way back to the recesses of our minds because it's been a long time since we were in kindergarten. Yeah. And kindergarten was a really big deal. If you sit for a moment and think about that, sink into that place in your heart. Then when your child comes home and they are struggling because whether or not it's someone was mean on the playground or someone didn't want to sit by them during reading time. Do you remember all those Mm -hmm. times? Mm -hmm. You can sink to that place and just say, oh, I totally see you. Right. I totally feel that pain and I am so sorry. I'm glad you're home and I'm glad you're talking to me about it. That's it. Which is no so hard yet. because again, because I believe that um, we can think differently about our circumstances. Sometimes that's hard for me to do. It is really Because hard. I want to be like, well, what are you making that mean? You're in control of the way you think about the situation. I can't do that with a five-year-old, right? One of the ways I try to help myself remember it is that we are all a toddler when we're in our emotion. So when Mm -hmm. we're in our trigger and our vulnerability, we're a toddler kicking and screaming to be heard. You can delay that tantrum for a long time if you won't stop and just see that kid in their pain. Same with your spouse, right? Or your best friend. So the quicker to get to the solution is to really sit with the emotion and and validate. That's such good advice and something I'm really bad at. And I 
am too. I mean, I want it, yeah. but I don't give it. Right. And so my kids are of age now where, what can you do? One of the things my friend will say that is a therapist, she's like, I sit in people's pain all day. That's right? what I do. Right. They pay me big money <laughs> to sit there and listen to their pain. Right. Validate them and then eventually give them skill. You send me home to my own children and I'm toast because they come home in pain. So be aware that all of your nerve endings and neurons are going to be firing because you are wired to protect your kid. Right. And I think one of the things we need to say is you're going to get there. You're going to get to solution mode. But have you met an adult who is almost emotionally stagnant in certain areas because they never were heard? Yes. They never were given permission. I just heard a heartbreaking story of someone that like literally when their pet rabbit was dead, found dead, you know, the parent was like, okay, we'll get over that. It's just a rabbit. Literally right, said right, that. Right. You know, but all of us probably carry around a little remembrance of where we felt like we weren't heard. Yeah. And we have now spent the next 20 years trying to be heard. Right. So hear your kid, sit with them in the pain. And if you have to tell yourself, one of the things I do is I tell myself, who am I going to call that's my friend to process the pain I'm now feeling because my kid's in pain. Right. And that helps me stay present. Yeah. I literally come up with the plan after we're done and I love it with my one child that doesn't live at home because he'll message me so he can't see my face right <laughs> if he hears this he knows this is I've said this a few times on other media outlets that he can't see my pain in his pain right and so I look really validating because I'm typing back a message that's like oh I am so grateful you're telling me this right. tell me more right and inside I am I am dying. Ugh, I'm dying. It's so hard. Yeah. Gainalyn Condi, author, public speaker. We're talking about what to do if your kid is being bullied. And again, kind of the asterisk to this whole thing is that bullying is not okay, but there are some resiliency things that I want to teach my kid. And I think that kids... Are solutions to help you move through it. Yeah, help you work through it. Uh, we'll take a break. More on The Mom Show when we come back. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining me. I'm joined today by Gaina Lynn Condi. She is an author and public speaker. Hi, Gaina Lynn. How are Hi, you? Hi, Lindsay. And you've been through the stage that I have yet to be through that I'm coming up on, which is kids in school. Oh, it's sending, joyful and annoying. Sending my five-year-old to kindergarten is like, wait a second. Right. What is happening? I know. I my don't child, know. my baby just started driving. Right? That's really... I know. Uh, a lesson in vulnerability right I there. Know. When you give them the keys and you say, yes, please drive 70 miles an hour on a freeway. Right. Have fun. Good that luck with that. sounds like such a safe experience. Right. But you have been through this where you've seen your kids experience a bully mm-hmm. situation. You've mm-hmm. gotten them through it. They're now thriving baby adults, as you call them. Yes, 22-year-old baby adult. <laughs> right. I love the term baby adult. I'm stealing that. Yeah. But... um. I want you to walk me through some things that parents can do if their child is being bullied. Because we've talked a lot about, you know, bullying never being okay. But there are some resiliency things that I think we can teach our kids. And some interventions that either help navigate it well yeah. or delay 
healing. Yeah. And again, not to say that someone treating you that way is okay, but it is to say, is to say that you can help encourage your kids, support them, and and then help them work through that pain. So, Gaynalyn, walk me through some of these steps. And you took this from bullying.gov, right, which is a federal website, which right. which helps this problem because clearly it's a nationwide problem. Right. So there is great resource, resources out there. And, and there's also just some of my life experiences of failing and succeeding. I think the first thing we already have said is let your child express it and be careful and check the story you're telling yourself mm-hmm. because you may pull up your own past experiences and add it to your kid's story. And that's not even where they were going. So make sure you sit with their pain. Then you check the facts, get a clarity around how frequent, how often, how intense, how are they feeling about what just happened? Did they feel hurt? And then you can launch into a more solution conversation with them. Once you can tell that they feel like you're present and that they've been heard, you can even say that. Do you feel like mom has heard you? Do, do I understand? Reflect back to them what you heard. Mm. Yes. So what I hear is that every time you walk to class, this is what someone is doing. They keep saying this or pulling out a chair or trying to trip you or make fun of you or they texted their friends this rumor about you. Make sure you have the facts straight. And then make sure you assure them that it's not their fault, which right. leads back into our first solution, which was make sure they understand this is about the other person. Right. People don't treat that. They don't treat others that way unless there's something going on with them. Right. And, and ask them to give you advice. So I think the very greatest, I wish I had known it earlier on, even when my kids were little, what do you think should be done about this? Mm. Like, So this friend always takes your ball when you're playing kickball at recess. Mm -hmm. What do you think the solution is? Because kids know the dynamics, kind of the culture that they're facing. Right. We're still, even if we're volunteering at the school regularly, we're somewhat removed. Yeah. You may be surprised what your kid says. Your kid may say, okay, like one of my kids, this is always brilliant because her insight is always more elevated than what I would have thought of. And she's, she's like, okay. I'm going to do this and this and this. I don't want you running down to the school yet. Okay. And I will say as a parent, great, because she had a situation when you're where it was the teacher bullying everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, looking back, we almost went too long, but other teachers started to fill and they eventually intervened and the teacher was let go. My daughter was actually the favorite student, but she was the first one to bring it to the attention of administration. Wow. And they kept coming in to do observations. Well, of course the teacher was on good behavior. So your kid understands that too. What kid is doing bad behavior in front of another supervising adult? Usually right, not. Right. So it's hard if you jump right to I'm running down to the school or right. I'm running to the coach or I'm running to the church leader. Right. Because most of the time a bully is going to be on best behavior. Yeah. So ask your child, okay, fine. We've come up with a solution. You're going to do this and this and this. Role playing is really a next great step. 
Have your kid at home where it's safe. Role play. Have them tell you. And they may say, no, mom, that's not how mean they are. They're being not that mean. Or mom, you're not being mean enough. This is what it feels like. This is what they're doing. Right. Role play and give them some words that are empowerment. That's a really good first step before you run down there. Because what your kid is experiencing is powerlessness. Right. And what you're trying to do is empower them for resiliency in the future. They're going to do this again and again and again in yeah, their lives. Yeah, that's so hard, though, because as the parent, one, I want to fix it. Right. I want to fix it right, right. away. And I want to run to the school. And I but unless say, this you're going to okay. strap your kid to your thigh and never leave them through college. Yes. Okay. So that well, is what I'm going to do. No, trust I'm, me. I, I, I like that plan, too. <laughs> I kid. But I, I just I guess my point is, is that it, it seems like a really fine line and a really hard balance between sitting and listening and hearing and validating and not stopping behavior that could be potentially damaging. You're you're going to say to your child emphatically, this is not your fault and this is not okay. Right. You're going to make sure they understand boundaries are healthy. Right. And you're going to tell them that I'm here to help you support the boundary. And it's okay that in all of our relationships, we have to keep moving the boundary because sometimes a bully is someone that previously wasn't a bully and they didn't even have that. Your kid didn't have them on the radar and and I've also heard stories where the bully ends up becoming the friend because your kid navigates that or your child learns empathy because they have experienced it and now they become the advocate for other kids at school right. because they won't put up with it. Well, they're having their learning experience right yeah, now. Yeah. So you're saying to your kid, not okay. I'm in your corner. I believe you. Don't be the parent that's like, oh, come on. Suck it, up. suck it up. It's yeah. no big deal. That's yeah. just how kids are. Kids will be kids. No. Believe your child. Believe them because for their mental health, they need to know that you're their advocate. Ask them to tell you what they think the solution is. And then as a parent, if you feel like that's a little too vulnerable, say, fine. I've said this to my kids. Fine. I will give you that two weeks. But we're going to monitor. We did this with the teacher. I said, okay, we've tried this and this and this. I'm going to give you to this point. If there's not a solution and it continues, I want you to understand as your parent, it is my responsibility to help keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And this isn't maybe unsafe for you physically, but it's unsafe for your spirit, your emotion, your mental well-being, and it's interrupting your learning. You're going to school to learn, and if you don't feel safe there, you can't learn. Right. And so that's a plan, and plans always help us feel safe. Yeah. In some way even. And then I would say then the resort is there's always I don't know a school left on the planet if we're just talking about schools where there's not an anti-bullying policy. In right, place. right. Then you go to the teacher and, and you may as a parent still say, "Hey, I'm going to email your teacher at this point." Mm-hmm. You can say to the teacher, "My child is not is wanting to solve this problem, but I want you to become aware." Sure. Would you be the eyes and ears? Teachers are good at at figuring out the ways they subtly can watch something happen because it's on the playground or it's at lunchtime or it's in the hallway and there's not an adult supervising many of of these situations that are happening. Yeah, I like that. Gaynalyn Conde, author, public speaker, talking about things parents can do to help their kids if they're being bullied. We'll take a break more when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. I put this topic out on my Instagram and I had a few people message me. I, I just put out, What do you do when your kid is being bullied? 
And I had a handful of responses. And a few people said, talk with the teacher about the problem. The problem keeps happening. I talked to the principal. And if it was still continuing, I would go to the district. And another person said, our school counselor and therapist told him to be very direct and loud in telling the bully to stop it because it was at school. We had a parent-teacher kid group meeting and everyone involved talked it out. It stopped after that meeting, luckily. Mm. So that's good. Um, I guess... My point here is that I don't I don't want to say that going to the teacher or the school district or the principal is not the right solution, but sometimes it feels like we jump to that real quick mm-hmm. um, before letting our kids uh, build some resilience around it, right? And again, that's not to say that bullying is ever okay or the person that being who's being bullied is at fault here and should just take it and should just do thought work around it, right? Right. Certainly not what I'm saying, but uh, what I am saying is just I want to be able to teach my daughter how to navigate. Yeah, and and not not interpret it and not believe the words that they're saying because if she doesn't believe what the bully is saying, then it doesn't affect her. And I guess I struggle with that balance of when do I step in? When do I go to the teacher? When is it not okay? Versus, you know, when is this like a, a teaching moment, right? And an opportunity to teach her that life skill. Right. So if you missed the last segment, then you're going to have to listen on podcast. Right. Because we talked a little bit about role playing, about establishing facts around it. How long has this gone on? And then steps for some intervention. But I think what you bring up is something that Brene Brown talks about regarding marble jar, jar friends. And the way she dis- defined marble jar friends is through a daughter. Her daughter had a a, a sad experience with friends at school. She came home distraught and angry and upset. She felt betrayed. Something she had shared with these friends got spread around. And Brene's standing there like, okay, wait, what? Wait a minute. Why? What What happened around this? Well, I told so-and-so this and I said, please don't tell anyone. And she did. And I'm, I'm never trusting anyone again. That's mm-hmm. what her daughter was feeling, right. which is a little bit different than bullying. But she was hurt and she felt betrayed. And it led to a further conversation where um, she said, so who is it? if you were to identify your closest friends or your marble jar friends, because the teacher used marbles in the classroom. Every time the kids were behaving well, they'd get a marble in the jar. Mm -hmm. And every time they were misbehaving, they'd lose a marble. And so Brene realized that um, we all have marble jar friends. And so in that situation, helping your child understand, wait, is this someone that has to be dealt with because this is part of the human experience? Yes. Mm -hmm. But separating that your worth is non-negotiable based on that other person's behavior to you, like we said in the first segment, hurt people, hurt people. And right. so they don't get to define your worth. And then helping your child ident- identify their tribe, their marble jar friends. Right. Who have they put in a very small list as their trusted people? And Brene pushed her daughter and said, who do you identify as that? She's like, well, this person, this person. She goes, I was shocked that that's who she really identified as her trusted people. Right. She said, well, why? Well, they always ask about my grandma and grandpa who come to my soccer game. They know me. They see me. Mm-hmm. They're safe for me. Mm-hmm. And her daughter realized that these people that had hurt her were not marble jar friends. Ah. That awareness alone was 
a good separation. It was a healthy boundary to say, yes, this hurt. Yes, it needs to be dealt with. But it helped her daughter identify she still has trusted people. Yeah. So it wasn't just this all or nothing situation. Yes, yes, that she had people in her corner in her life. And I think that is such an important thing for all of us to understand that bullying is hard. These relationship navigating situations we watch our kids try to deal with in um, specifically junior high can Mm -hmm. get so dicey, so dicey because everyone's hormonal. Everyone's planet of the apes. Everyone's insecure. (laughs) Everyone's trying to like carve their way through the hunger games to survive. Right. And that's how it feels. No one wants to go back and do junior high again. But I've watched my children navigate some things. And I love watching their personalities develop because of some of the hard stuff, their empathy developed, their awareness of others. My son had some situations in junior high that led to eventually he changed schools and became student body president at a new school. And he was really open about some of the bullying. And and it was an endearing quality that got him elected. And in many ways, he was like, there will be no bullying in this school if you elect me. And I think other than he was six foot seven at the time, I think that helped. Yeah. people felt like he had an understanding and I see this tender heart that came from some pain. And so one of the things that I have to tell myself now, as I watch him navigate this new stage of life, I want to eliminate that pain for him. I do. I don't want him to make it harder for himself. And he's making decisions. His dad and I wish sometimes like, okay, we would do that different because we are 50 and we have lived through some of the starts and the stops. I have to tell myself now, just like when he was younger, that eliminating pain for him is not going to help it go faster. It actually delays his learning. Mm. And so if you're listening to this, one of the things is there are lots of resources. If you've worked with the school, if you've worked with your kid, you've done some role playing, you've done some, and you need some outside sources, I am a fan of therapy. And Lindsay, right. I know you are too. Yes, I, yes, I am. If you're listening to this and you live along the Wasatch Front, there's a great program specifically for this. I have no investment in this. I get no money for saying this. No one's paying me. Right. But I did some research before we got together because I think people want solutions. Yeah. Life Launch. And you can Google that. They have one in St. George. They have one here locally in the West Valley area that teaches this resiliency training to adolescents and baby adults specifically about becoming an adult and how to process some of this PTSD and what do you do around shame and what do you do around bullies and what do you do when the messages around you are telling you that you are not of worth and that you're giving your power away. Right. All those things that sometimes you need an outside person. My husband can't do it. My best friends can't do it. I do pay a therapist right now right. to help me with some of the things I'm trying to navigate. So I think it's super healthy when we say to our kids, you know what? I want to be your mom, your best mom. And the best mom right now move for me is that I'm not your therapist. Right. And we may need to pull in a therapist because this learning experience has gone on long enough. I'm seeing your grades slip, your health slip, you're isolating, you're not feeling good about yourself. And I'm concerned. Mm. Can we get a coach involved? Yeah, that that objective third party. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I think I got on my rant and I forgot to introduce you at the beginning of this segment. <laughs> That's if Gaina you don't Lynn. know who I am, it's okay. That's Gaina Lynn Condi. She's an author, public speaker. Gaina Lynn, where can people find you? Well, when you have a name like Gaina Lynn, <laughs> the only reason it's good is that no one has your Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube account. Right. Because no one... So just, I tell people, start typing it. Google will go, oh, oh it's her. Yeah. Yes, here you go. My website, GainaLynn.com, has links 
links to all my social media platforms, but I love connecting on all of them for different reasons. My Twitter people are very different than my YouTube people and my Instagram and my Facebook. I am still on Facebook. I'm still a fan of Facebook. It's fine. The it's youngers fine. are like, what? Old people are there. What well, is fine. Just my mom uses Facebook, Adolin. <laughs> Listen, I'm almost 50, so <laughs> I'm a fan of that. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I love talking show. with you, Lindsay. Ditto. And some great tips for parents out there. And hopefully uh, we've healed some hearts. Yeah. Uh, Give of, some hope and some tools yeah, and validation. Yeah. Some people are going through some hard stuff. All right. We'll, t- uh, we'll be back next week on The Mom Show.